Corazo. Three, two, one. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the U.S. and around the world. Welcome. I'm Pete Caliendo, your host. Hope you're all doing well. I'm looking forward to always doing a lot of shows. Uh, we want to apologize a little bit. Normally, we do two, three shows a week. But as you know, um, not only Caliendo Sports, but baseball outside the box will be moving to North Carolina. We are excited. Second chapter of our life, North Carolina, another great area. It would be the North Carolina, South Carolina area and if you're from there you're a baseball coach get a hold of me caliendo19 at gmail.com love to meet you love to uh you know get in touch with you and just kind of get to know you since i'm going to be in the area and never know maybe be on the podcast all right folks thanks again in the u.s and around the world 100 countries thanks for being on you know listening to the show or viewing it we're all over social media we're currently we're live on facebook if uh if you have any questions on facebook don't forget just type it in the comment section and we will um, go ahead and try to get those questions to you. Hey, uh, don't don't yell at me now, folks. We got another Italian, another great co college high school coach. Um, they just happened. I think well, I'm going to open my own baseball outside the box Italian podcast for coaches because um, we've got so many of them. And it's just coincidence. Uh, I don't go after Italian coaches. Um, it's just the way it happens. So we are thrilled to have a hey, Mike Mandarino. 21 years at JUCO, five years high school. He's got 31 years plus in teaching and coaching. He was an MLB envoy coach. And here's what I love. Two years of Mickey on baseball school. That's where I was at for 10 years as a, and, you know, a student, instructor, coach, uh, and also counselor. Um, you know, Mike also coaches in the summer collegiate league in Kansas. And now currently the assistant baseball coach at Trinity Catholic High School. Hey, listen, we're going to talk about a lot of things. But the important thing is we're going to try, especially Mike, because he's got all the experience here, um, try to help some young coaches um, understand, you know, what it, what it means to get into coaching, what it takes to get into coaching, what the sacrifices are, maybe even, you know, some shortcuts, meaning he's made a lot of mistakes. We all have. And maybe he can help you with not making as, as many mistakes because you're going to make mistakes no matter what. We all do. So, hey, let's not waste any time. Let's uh, welcome our good friend, Mike Mandarino. What's up, Michael? Pete, how are you? It's great to be here again. It's been a couple of years and uh, yeah. just to, just enjoy visiting with you and, and being on. I got my uh, my Illy, right? I've got my espresso. I'm ready to go. You morning, were ready, so. man. That's right. Last yeah. time you were, last time you were on, that's right. We talked about the Italy trip. And by the way, yeah. I actually have live espresso, real <laughs> espresso that I'm drinking for the show. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Unfortunately, that uh, that didn't pan out, but uh, would look forward to maybe even taking. Uh, I know you talked to Joe Giordano the other day about maybe uh, taking a trip and maybe we can get a bunch of uh, Italian Americans to go over to to Italy and uh, do some coaching. Absolutely. For our audience. Yeah, we're going to we're definitely going to take a team uh, probably, you know, like high school age players, 14 to 16 in that age group. You're, you normally have to take two, three age groups included because in Europe they play like 15 under or 18 under. Um, you know, so we're going to be doing that next summer. We'll get started early a year in advance and start recruiting players. If you've never done it before, just an awesome experience for just, you know, for players, coaches and family. I mean, to everybody, staff. I, I, I've gone to Italy and not just Italy, but all over the world. But I've gone to Italy. 30 times, I think. And, uh, you know, I still get excited about leaving and going, Mike, we got a softball team yeah. going in August. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh yeah, absolutely. And as you know, I lived over there almost a year as well, coaching, uh, coaching some teams as well. So I, I'm, I'm really anxious to get back at some point. That'd be great. Cool. Listen, uh, let's do this. Uh, 
let's uh let, let's tell our audience and uh by the way in my intro i apologize i've had so much going on um trying to make this move and doing all kinds of things as folks that have moved before, you know, I've got 20 some years, 30 years of files to dump all kinds of stuff, you know, that I got to get rid of. Don't collect stuff folks, unless it's valuable files and all that dump them. Cause I don't know why I kept all this stuff. Um, but I do have to welcome also ESPN Honolulu at my apologies. I do it all the time in the uh, intro and special thank you to everybody. Aloha. Uh, Michael, I want everybody around the world to, to get to know you even better. So you know, quick, uh, you know, question and answer section here just to kind of lay out some things uh tell everybody where you grew up yeah i grew up in topeka kansas and uh then uh went on and 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 was uh, was uh fortunate enough to be able to play some junior college baseball up at uh, cloud county in, in uh, concordia kansas and i uh, actually had uh, some scholarship money to go to another naia school and and uh unfortunately that school ended up closing so I uh, tried to uh, walk on in a Division One school and just didn't have a Division One arm. But uh, you know, I gave it a shot, and and uh, unfortunately, uh, just those last two years, I didn't get to play baseball or didn't chose not to play baseball and just continued to continue my education and uh, got into got into education and coaching after that. How's an Italian end up in uh, uh, Kansas? Yeah, <laughs> well, actually, uh, my family when they when they settled from Italy came over to Southeast Kansas down in uh, the Pittsburgh, Kansas area. So there was some coal mining and other opportunities. And my great-grandparents, my great-grandpa was kind of a jack-of-all-trades. He was a, uh, worked in the mines and uh, was a uh, carpenter and some other things. So, yeah, there's a big Italian community down southeast Kansas from the Pittsburgh area, and, and uh, that's where they were. And uh, I was actually fortunate enough to be a graduate assistant uh, at Pittsburgh State University for a year as well. Nice. Uh, how about any, any good Italian restaurants in that area? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Actually my, uh, my second cousin used to own one down there. I I'd stop in there after practice or a game and he'd feed me. And, uh, yeah, it was called Mike Actually, Mike's fine Italian foods. Uh, unfortunately. Sweet. Yeah. 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 So it was, uh, it was a great environment and they had polka and he played in a band on Saturday nights. And, uh, so it was a great environment to be around. It was fun. It was fun. favorite, favorite, favorite Italian food, favorite one. Oh, uh, gosh, I don't know. I'd probably rig some, probably rigatoni and, uh, and sausage. Well, what'd you like when, when you were in school, what'd you want to be when you're older? You know, at first I was going to get into broadcasting, Pete. I wanted to do some sports broadcasting. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I had a, a high school football coach who was just an outstanding, outstanding motivator. Uh, great, great person to uh, be around. In fact, he's still around and and uh, we talk frequently and we have a golf tournament for him every year, but uh, he, he kind of inspired me. Um, he was actually a, a, the same. He was uh, uh, from Pennsylvania, uh, played against Namath in high school. In fact, he tells a great story about playing Legion ball against Joe Namath and Joe Namath struck him out and he ended up throwing the bat into the river after that. <laughs> he, he didn't like Namath very much, but uh, he played, uh, you know, at, uh, at Pitt. Uh, with uh, with Ditka and his brother Joe Walton was the uh, coach with the Jets for a long time, and uh, so he he kind of inspired me, and I decided to go ahead and get into coaching. And, and for a while during high school, I did all three sports: I did basketball, football, baseball, and then eventually just wanted to uh, get into college baseball. And again, was fortunate enough to to land a graduate assistant position there at Pittsburgh State University to start my career. You know, parents are always teaching us a lot. Thank goodness. Uh, you got to have great parents. Uh, 
to really, you know, develop in life. It really helps. Uh, just give me something that, uh, give us something that you picked up from your parents that you use today in coaching, teaching, and, and your life. Yeah, my dad especially, uh, he would write me letters when I was in college, in junior college. And, uh, you know, he always would, at the very end, would always say, you know, nothing, there's no substitute for hustle. Always hustle. It doesn't matter. Had a bad inning, hustle. You know, you struck out, hustle. You, had a, you know, you, got, you don't do well on the mound, hustle. You know, so um, really just to hustle wherever I go, whatever I do, just to keep going and, and, uh, and uh, not hang my head. And because and, uh, I, I did, I had a problem. As a player, I had that problem. You know, I, I would get angry. You know, the the Italian, uh, the Italian sure. anger. <laughs> but uh, so he would always he would always write me letters and tell me to always hustle. You know, no substitute cool. for that. Favorite major league player? Dimaggio. Never, yeah. obviously, never got to see him play. Right? Yeah. Never, and and you were fortunate, obviously, to to be able to meet him there at the museum. But uh, yep. yeah, no question. Has well, you be. got you got a good memory. How about? Um, you know, and this is a tough one because there's so many people. I know you don't, you may not want to mention a name, but um, somebody that you may, maybe even somebody you don't know, somebody you admire in coaching that you kind of have learned from, but you really don't know them. Oh, yeah, that's a tough question. Um, Any sport. Yeah, there, there's been so many, obviously. Uh, but uh, I think, uh, you know, just starting out, obviously, uh, the coach that uh, was at Pittsburgh State was just kind of an even keel guy. And, uh, you know, they, they put him in their Hall of Fame recently, and he's just kind of an even keel guy. And uh, we had some good teams and uh, just kind of learned a lot from him. Obviously, that first year, he handed me an envelope and said, uh, you know, go recruit, you know. So uh, had that opportunity to get out and, and start recruiting. And, and I, I, wasn't, I wasn't real young. I, I already had five years of uh, high school experience when I got on as a GA there, but uh, had that opportunity to get out and hit the road and recruit and, uh, you know, start going to the ABCA meetings with them as well. And uh, so, you know, Steve Beaver was his, is, is his name and, mm -hmm. and uh, he learned a lot from him and then moved on to uh, I've had opportunities to work with a lot of guys that played in the big leagues. Uh, when you know, I lived in California, there was a lot of former major leaguers there, but uh, just to start with, I moved on to Fort Scott community college. And uh, and Dave LaRoche was the uh, the head coach there. And that was his first coaching junior college coaching job. He'd obviously been in the major leagues and then coached in the major leagues and minor leagues. But uh, unfortunately, Pete, I really did not probably embrace uh, what he was what he was teaching and, and what he was trying to teach me. Uh, I was young. I was, uh, you know, kind of a hot shot, thought I knew everything after a year of college baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm sitting there working with a former major leaguer. And, and uh, it just to me, it, there were things he was doing that were not conducive to, to being a college coach, in my opinion. That was my opinion then. Uh, so, you know, yeah. but, but, I, but, I, but I could have, and I still do. I, Dave and I talk to this day. You know, we, we have a great time. We, we chat back and forth during games, whatever it might be. Um, and so I, I try to learn as much as I can from him now. And last thing, because then, then we'll get started on, on the actual uh, discussion we want to have, which is partially what you just brought up, because it's going to help young people that are getting into coaching. Um, but how about a routine you have daily that kind of, you know, uh, keeps you grounded, you know, keeps you focused, uh, you know, you're learning constantly. What do you do daily? 
Well, yeah. So first I get up and, and uh, you know, have my espresso and, and uh, I look there at you Twitter, go, folks. baseball Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. So then I look at the baseball Twitter and, uh, you know, you, there's a lot of things you can learn off of Twitter. There's a lot of things you can just try to ignore. Um, yeah, you have or, to ignore or, those. <laughs> exactly. You know, I look through that and uh, see what I can maybe keep, you know, take a lot of screenshots, keep in my uh, photos just in case I need to use them later on. And, and uh, then I try to get out and, and walk, you know, every day, do at least 30 minutes of walking. And, and that's usually when I get the opportunity to listen to your podcast and, and uh, all the great hosts that you are, all the great uh, guests that you've had on there. Michael, thank you for that plug. Really appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, is there is there something you do? You listen to podcasts. Is there anything else? Are there books? Uh, do you like reading or just as mostly like I'm an audio guy. I, I can't I have a hard time reading. Yeah, no, I'm the opposite. Actually, I, I'll, I'll I sit down and uh, maybe have a cigar or something and, and uh, read a book. Yeah, I absolutely love to do that. And uh, again, there's a lot of them out there. Great ones out there. And, and uh, there's actually so many that if I if I do an audio, my mind seems to kind of wander a little bit so i've got to see the see the words down there yeah paper. you know what and i agree with you because at times i'm doing the audio i might be on a bike you know i might be you know uh walking whatever like you're saying doing something you can't write things down right when you yeah. when you're reading yeah. you can write them down keep your notes and if we get older i gotta i gotta have notes otherwise i forget everything <laughs> exactly. um hey uh here's the other nice part uh a lot of people get into coaching uh, because, you know, they love the sport or they want to get into a sport, right? Because, I mean, it's glamorous. It's fun. It's, it's enlightening. I mean, it's really, it's, you know, and maybe they have a passion for it. How did you get into it? Because this is how I want to start. How did you get into coaching and were there mentors that helped you along the way? Yeah. Yeah. So again, um, I decided to uh, change my major to education uh, partway through and uh, came out of college and I really actually didn't, uh, didn't have a full-time teaching job. I was a substitute teacher and a couple of places. And, and one day, one of the principals at the, uh, one of the schools I was subbing at asked me if I wanted to actually be a rule 10 coach. Um, and, uh, but I had a teaching license. So I actually, I wasn't a rule 10 coach. I was actually helping a rule 10 coach. And uh, I said, sure. And what, what sport? He said, soccer. And I, and I, I thought, yeah, I don't know anything about soccer this is back in you know 91 right? I didn't know nothing about soccer but sure hey it's going to get my foot in the door right yeah so ended up trying to coach soccer like a football coach uh you know I'm an American football coach and uh you know I had, had a nice ball had fun and but that led to uh you know another coaching uh, assignment with girls basketball and then the girls basketball coach was uh the, the baseball coach at the high school so I got an assistant job as a baseball coach there and and the following year, you know, got back into uh, being a football coach, basketball, baseball again. And so that was kind of my start. And I did that basically for uh, five years, finally got into a, uh, a full-time teaching job. And then at the end of five years, you know, again, I was just uh, ready to, I really knew I wanted to get into the college game and, and made some phone calls. And actually, you know, I made those phone calls over and over and, and coach Beaver never really returned them until the very end of August. And he said, Hey, what are you going to do next year? I just had a guy, I had some movement. I had a guy leave. And so we met and uh, that's when I got in on that opportunity. So, uh, you know, men, mentors, I mean, too many to really mention, 
you know, Pete. Um, oh, but but there, but but obviously you've had them. Very important. I mean, that's a, I yeah. think that's the main thing, right? Understand. And he, here's the other part of all this. Two, two, I'll give you an example, and then I want to get your advice on it. You know, I went in as a pre-law major in college. You know, with a with a minor. I can't remember what the minor was. Uh, I'll have to look it up. The minor. That's why it's a minor. Uh, yeah, that's why it's a minor. The, uh, you know, but yet I got into coaching. Didn't have coaching experience, but we're and we're going to talk about this later. My coaching experience came at Mickey Own Baseball School. You know, with some of the best coaches in the country. I'm just watching, learning, doing it. You know, um, and I remember one time going for my ad- administration. I was going to go for my master's athletic administration, right? And they want you to do a. Uh, and I apologize to the, the department head for this, but they wanted you to do a uh, uh, internship, right? So I go try to do this internship. And, you know, I'm thinking, and just like you, I, I, it was the wrong thing. I, I was a little cocky. And I'm like, I could teach better than these people that are teaching now, right? Why do I have to go waste my time doing this internship, taking a, and trying to get my master's? I, and I got out of it. Big mistake. I should have done it. The question is this. You've got that avenue, and then you obviously – you know, you've got the avenue of you, you know, you want to be, get in the coaching. So you're going to get in education, right? You're going to get your degree and all that in education. Um, talk about if we're starting today and I'm deciding I want to get in the coaching, what do I pick in college? How do I get started? Yeah. So I would definitely say to get into an education major of some sort, if you want to, um, as well as you know, depending on what level you want to be at, uh, if if uh, if I had to do it all over again, um, I probably would have tried to be some sort of a, a, a GA sooner, probably what's, right what's out of college. A, what's a GA for our audience? A, a, a graduate assistant, um, and and started my master's right away. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I was married early. Actually, I was married in college, and. Uh, so uh, I, I, had, I knew I had to, you know, partly support that and uh, just uh, got into the high school job, which I don't I don't regret. You know, that, those were great experiences. No question. But uh, I would probably just try to be a graduate assistant right out of college, get my master's and then uh, move up from there. You know, I'm, I'm 54 now and uh, really I'd love to get back into the college game. But uh, most of the guys that I've talked to, the head coaches, either have somebody that played for them at some point and uh, they're trying to get them back into, uh, you know, being a, a coach or, uh, you know, there's really no money to be an assistant, really, unless you're probably at the division one level. Um, so um, definitely work your way up, you know, from being a graduate assistant or, or whatever, it might, or even a volunteer assistant, whatever it might be. And that graduate assistant, uh, obviously, then the coaches there can understand what type of person you are, how you're doing teaching wise. There are people that can recommend you because what's the next step? Cause now you still, they may not have a position open, right? So right, you still got to exactly. do something. So what's the next step, how to get somewhere. If that college doesn't have a position, that coach can't hire you. Yeah, exactly. So I would say go to as many ABCA, uh, you know, uh, conventions that you can and meet as many people as you can, obviously. Uh, meet as many people as you can that are in your conference. Make sure you go over and, and uh, at the end of the game and you're shaking the coach's hands. Make sure you, you know, they know who you are and uh, because uh, they, they see you the most. Obviously, you're playing them in conference and they see you and what you're doing. And uh, they may have an opening and, and uh, ask your coach about who you are and, and uh, what kind of a coach you are. So 
uh, just meet as many people as you can do as much networking as you can. I really networked a lot as a young coach. I don't do it as much as I probably should even, even today, but uh, as a young coach, I no question. I networked a lot. And really when you're even out on the recruiting trail, you know, you're meeting high school coaches um, and the opportunity might come uh, in one of their programs to where they, you know, they want to hire somebody on and that might be the level where you get a good start as well. So those are, that would be my advice. And then when, once you get those opportunities, uh, you know, just be quiet, you know, listen, and then jump on the opportunities. I remember the first year I was with Dave LaRoche, and, and this is a, another story of how we met uh, that we can tell later. But uh, Dave LaRoche, uh, former major league player, right? Uh, uh, the Lalab had the Lalab. Yep. yep. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but I was with him at Fort Scott Community College that first year, and uh, the first couple practices. We're standing around and he says, uh, hey, you want to go down there and, and uh, work with the pitchers a little bit in the bullpen? And I I kind of looked at him and I was like, uh, you, you pitched in the major leagues for 20 years and <laughs> you want me to go work with the pitchers? So, you know, not thinking really what, uh, you know, some of his duties were. It was just he and I. Uh, I was the assistant. He was the head coach. What some of his duties were at the time, I thought, you know, he, he had other things that he needed to take care of. So. I did. I went down there and, and started working with them a little bit. And it's kind of funny because he corrected me on some of the things he was watching me ah. and corrected me on some of the things that I was doing. So, um, you know, keep your mouth shut, listen, learn. And then when you have the opportunity to do something like that, jump on it, go do it and do it the best of your ability. And yeah, don't so be afraid we'll... to get corrected. Don't be afraid to get corrected. You know, I've made tons of mistakes as a coach. Yeah, sometimes we, I mean, I remember even now, I mean, even now I have, I, I do that at times. Sometimes you're afraid if that's not your area or, you know, you don't want to overstep another coach, right? You, you, you be careful what you say, or if you're in front of other coaches, right? You're worried, oh, maybe I'm saying the wrong thing. Folks, before I get, uh, continue, abca.org, okay? Michael mentioned it, uh, largest baseball association in the world, the best. Uh, and to all our international friends, uh, we've sent out notices uh, listen, isgbaseball.com, you know, we work and do the seminars around the world. We work with the ABCA, uh, they're a sponsor of ours. Uh, coaches, if you just join as a member, you get all the videos from all the conventions, all the conferences in the past and in the future, as long as you become, you stay a member. And I think it's like 75 bucks, I should know, but it's so inexpensive for all those videos that cost you thousands of dollars. I think every international coach should be on there. So we're really trying to plug it. If you're a federation listening or somebody listening, tell all your other coaches about it. Let them sign up because it's a great. Now, obviously, if they can attend the convention, you know, over 7,000 coaches from all levels, pro all the way to youth league. Um, there's youth league sessions. There's all kinds of things going on. There's exhibits. Uh, if you could attend it, you know, that's going to cost more. But I, I highly recommend it attend the convention. Um, so please do that and go to abc.org to go ahead and sign up as a member. Uh, Michael, listen, coaches, um, you've, you've been around a lot of coaches, right? They're going to hire people. Uh, what are they looking for? You know, <clears throat> Pete, that really is uh, a good question because a lot of them are looking for different things. Obviously, it's just like in a player, you're looking for different things. Um, and, and the hiring process is, uh, is a funny thing. You never know who uh, is, is doing the hiring, who's going to be on the committee and, and what they're actually looking for. I've been on so many interviews where it's just been myself and the coach talking uh, or sometimes they, the university or the college hires a whole committee. And, uh, you know, sometimes that you get in a little bit of trouble with that because, and, and I don't mean bad trouble, but 
you know, then you have different people, maybe um, an academic uh, advisor or, uh, you know, another professor or whoever might be associated with the college that are on that committee. And the coach might be looking for one thing and the committee might be thinking about some other things. Um, and, you, and you never know <laughs> exactly, you know, who you're going to talk to. Be, you know, be yourself more than anything, Pete, just be yourself. And uh, that's what, you know, I had opportunities. I've interviewed for uh, scouting positions with two different organizations. And, uh, and one thing I learned was, you know, I was trying to give them the answers that I thought they wanted to hear. I was not myself. I, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't show my personality. I didn't, uh, I didn't, I just wasn't myself and gave the answer that I knew probably were either correct or incorrect, but I wasn't going to give those answers. That's what I believed. And uh, so be yourself. And you just don't, you don't know, you might not be the right person. I wasn't the right person for those jobs. And, you know, I haven't been the right person for several jobs, but uh, the interview process itself, really is the key because that's the learning experience and what kind of things uh you're coming in an interview what, how do you prepare for it uh is there a dress you know code yeah um you know there's because really a lot of these young people and really have never been interviewed before now it's my first interview process i remember right. going for one um my only business one i ever went for you know because I, I was lucky to be in baseball my whole life the one guy asked me you know it was a sales job or something or he asked me to sell a pencil you know, I gave, he showed me the pencil. I said, sell me this pencil. Well, my, I flunked right away because I said, you know what? I don't like the pencil. How am I going to sell it? Right? I mean, <laughs> so that was. But, okay. you were, but you were being yourself right there, right? You yeah, exactly. I said, if, if I'm going to sell something, I got to have a passion for it. I got no passion for a pencil. I don't even use a pencil. Um, <laughs> so go ahead. I'm sorry to go, uh, go on that. But what, yeah. what do you, what's your recommendation there? Yeah, well, dress code, you know, for me, and, and again, I'm an old guy, so I'm always, I've always got a suit and tie on, um, and, and it's just professional. Uh, but, but there have been a few instances where, you know, I might, a, it's just me and the coach. I might say, hey, you, doing? you know, you want me to throw a suit and tie on? And you'll go, no, no, just come over and, you know, whatever, shorts or whatever. So uh, it really depends. You know, talk to the, talk to the coach and, and ask him. Or, but if you're definitely going in front of the committee, no question, suit and tie. Um, the other thing is obviously, look, I mean, we've got, it, it, we have it at our fingertips now back in the, you know, back in the days, it wasn't quite so easy, but do your research on where you're going. Mm. What does the university offer? Where, you know, where is the university? What is the, uh, the town like, you know, what, what are the surrounding towns like? What is, uh, uh, you know, what, what's, what's offered as, as majors, what, uh, what does the uh, program look like as far as how, you know, how can you help with the program? Um, don't forget to basically you need to highlight your, you know, what your, uh, what your strengths are, but you also know what need to know what your weaknesses are. And, you know, uh, and don't be afraid to tell them, you know, I have trouble doing this. You know, how, how could you help me with this? Uh, you know what? And I, it's funny how you just said that, because I was going to ask you, you tell them your weaknesses, but even, even that, how about, it could be intimidating, but kind of like parents with a college, should, should you interview the coach also and ask them questions of what they expect from you or what kind of position, you know, the role, whatever the questions may be, aren't you interviewing them and their program or no? 
the parents as far yeah well, absolutely no no if i know if, if i'm a coach and i'm go, and i and, and i'm trying to get a job you want to interview them also it's not just them interviewing you or is that intimidating yeah no no question yes um it can be yeah absolutely yeah but uh but you have to know if that job's going to be right for you you know you don't want to just jump jump right into it because it's a college job or or your first job or whatever it might be so yeah you've got to know that you're going to fit in as well. And, and obviously they're going to ask you questions to see if you're going to fit in with them. And, and you need to ask them the same about philosophies and, and uh, you know, what do they do to help a young coach possibly move on to the next level or, or, or the next job. Um, and that, that is a little bit intimidating in itself, Pete, because you're interviewing for that job, right? You don't want to, you don't want them to think, Hey, I'm just going to jump to the next job, but okay. <laughs> But you're a young coach. You have aspirations. And, and I think it's good for them to see that you have aspirations to move up, mm. to be a head coach, whatever it might be. And then what will your, what will your role be with them? And uh, will that fit? You know, so, yes, yeah, steps definitely. How about advice? Because, you know, you're going to get turned down. I don't know if you've been turned down. But when you're turned down, you know, I, w- I, was, I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember which one. But, you know, this top college coach, I mean, really top, top level, Division One was turned down and he expected to get it, you know, but, you know, then he got another one later. He didn't, he didn't know he was going to get, which possibly could have been even better, but how do you deal with that failure aspect of been told, sorry, you know, we're not interested. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a stack of letters that uh, we're not interested. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're just not the right person for that job. But uh, again, the interview process is learning process as well as then I think, I've never had any problem saying, Hey, you know, how was the interview? You know, was, was it a good interview? Yeah. No, it was a good interview. You just weren't our, you know, weren't the guy for our job at the point at this point in time, or um, what could I have done differently during the interview or um, you know, anything that uh, I think coaches or, or the interview committee are always willing to help you. They're always willing to tell you maybe, you know, what you could have done better. Right? And, and people have before, and, and I've taken that into the next. So, yeah, no question. That's uh, that's a question you need to ask if you if you've been. And again, it just maybe you weren't the right person, you know. Hey, hey Michael. Um, we all have weaknesses, you know. Uh, our internship or what I, I think you called it. Uh, it was something else. The name, but um, you know, they're going to tell you what your weaknesses are. And obviously, prior to going into an interview, you might want to work on those weaknesses. Um, you know. You, you know, nowadays, young people are so used to being on computers, texting, you know, and I don't want to standardize, but sometimes their communication skills are not the best one on one. You know, I know I wish when I was young, I wish at 10 years old, 11, 12 and 13, we were taught to speak in front of people, you know, um, because those are life skills. One of the best. I know this. If I'm ever if I ever pick a coach, I've got to know them, obviously. But if I don't know them you know, the personality is huge. Um, they may not know the game great, but I got to have somebody that has a great personality. Yeah. Um, so what, what's your recommendation there um, in getting better in certain areas? Yeah, especially public speaking, Yeah. because I don't even know if that's offered anymore in high school. Uh, obviously, I took it in high school. I took it. I think I even took it to college um, and, and that and then I taught it for a long time in high school as well. Um, so that's so important to learn how to uh, communicate. And especially like you said, in, in today, when, when you've got a lot of the texting and the Instagram or whatever else you have, you know, the communication skills definitely are not, uh, 
or, or possibly are not with every, with every uh, person, the greatest, but uh, I think uh, if you can, if you, again, if you can interview and then after the interview, ask them, Hey, was my eye contact, you know, was eye contact good? Was I uh, communicating my ideas? Um, so many times, ideas are not expounded on you know you know what i mean by that pete i mean people you they give you their idea and then they don't expound on how they might uh how they might uh, execute that idea mm. you know what's the plan and then how am i how am i going to execute that plan or or whatever it may be so as an english teacher you know i was always saying expand on that on that idea don't just stop your sentence there expand on that idea so continue on even if you think that Maybe you're not, maybe you've, you've talked too long on one point. Um, continue on, make your point, and then stop and make eye contact. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so, glad, you, I'm glad you brought up you're an English teacher. Now I'm intimidated because uh, I know my English is not the best. So, you know, uh, luckily, luckily I started my own business. I don't have to worry about people <laughs> critiquing my English because, you know, okay, it's, it, I, I wrote this wrong. I did that bad. You know, sorry, apologize. So I'm still, still have a job because it's my business. So I can still keep going on. I refrain. I, you know, you look at Twitter, Facebook, whatever it might be. And and I refrain from even saying anything. It's fine. Uh, You know, be who you are, do what you do. I've uh, had, I've had just recently, I had somebody on Twitter. um, I thought a pretty nice comment, but I I saw that. I used the word have, I think it was have or have Have to, have to, you know, you know, I didn't respond because, you know, my, because it was nice of them, but that, you know, I was looking for advice in another area. I wasn't looking for advice in English, but you know, people yeah. want to give advice because my sure. simple response might've been, well, dude, I speak three languages. Uh, I don't know how many you speak, but you know, yeah. at least uh, I'm trying my best here, but you know, but I didn't do that. I was really, nice. I actually, I did. I actually saw that exact comment. Too. <laughs> you see? Funny. Yeah. Hey, and, you were and, talking about the international level the other, uh, a little bit ago on ABCA and it's funny. Mm-hmm when I went on the Envoy program, um, two things happened. One, uh, I was, uh, I was uh, at the ABCA and I walked up to the registration and the French um, Federation was there. The guys, the exact guys who I coached with or yeah. for were there at that. And then the other thing was when I went over to MLB Envoy program, I showed up one day and there was only three kids for this clinic. And guess what they had on their shirts? Mickey owned baseball school. Wow. And they were there when I was there. Really? Yeah. I mean, the baseball world world is such an incredible, incredible world. Absolutely. You know, and you brought that up. Um, You know, it's interesting because of social media. This is a good thing about social media in some ways. And that is you're making a lot of contacts with people that were in the past, right? The Mickey own page on, on Facebook yeah. and all that. And yes. Yes. I, I think that's yeah. awesome. Hey, uh, yeah. you mentioned, and I want to get into a couple other things with you, the Mickey Owen and, and uh, your Envoy experience, but you mentioned uh, mistakes. Um, you know, I think this is part of the, the learning process. If you can help speed up that process for young people, some of the mistakes that are made that, they can avoid. I know we talked about some of them, but I'm sure we missed some. Anything else we want to add to that? Well, again, I think the ego thing, you know, as a young coach, that's got to go. Um, you just need to be quiet and listen and learn. Um, that's that's one of the keys. Even if you were a great baseball player and you got into coaching, 
you know, there's still things to be learned. So just kind of lose the ego. When we, when we get the ego, it, it causes all kinds of problems. Um, another thing might be just try not to be friends with, you know, some of the kids as a young coach, I got out of college, I was 21 or whatever it was. And the seniors that first year that I coached were 18. Right. And I start chirping out of the dugout as a coach <laughs> that first game. And the head coach, you know, he shut that down pretty quick. You know, coaches don't chirp. They don't chirp. They don't talk to players. And they're not buddies with their players. Um, you know, Brent Kimnitz tells a great story about, you know, he was young, coming out of college as well, and a young coach. And, you know, the age of a lot of the kids that he was coaching at that time as well, Wichita State. And uh, it was tough to, you know, not be able to hang out with them as well. So um, those are two things for sure as a young coach. And, and I think just, again, the third thing is you're, you're – you're interviewing for a job every single day of your life. You've heard that right before. And uh, so the way you conduct yourself off the field, away from the classroom, whatever it might be, those are important. People are watching. We know that people are always watching and you're, 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 you're just interviewing for the next job every single day of your life. And, and uh, I've been guilty of that, Pete. You know, there's a lot of people who are going into interview and they'd say, oh, hey, say, didn't I see you at the bar the other night? You know, oh, yeah, great. Uh, not getting this job because <laughs> I was acting like an idiot. So, you know, those are three things, I think, mistake-wise uh, that, that you could try to avoid. How about uh, some – in your career, you know, a long career, 31 years, 31-plus, um, how you changed as a coach, some of the things that you changed that you were doing prior, you know, maybe you're not doing it, doing it now. You, or are you doing it with a different twist yeah. Um, and we all know we take as coaches, we steal things from other coaches and we take what we can use. And uh, I think as a young coach, I was uh, very authoritarian. Uh, try, you know, I really tried hard not to have that. We just talked about that. Tried hard not to have that relationship with the kids. Uh, but but there's two different relationships you can have with them. Right. You can be a friend or you can have the relationship where you know them as a person you know them as a player and it helps you coach them. Right. And I didn't do that. I, I, you know, I was the authoritarian. I was the coach. I knew everything. If they questioned me, you know, forget it. You don't question me. Um, and that, that was wrong. That was a mistake as well. Um, so as the years went by and, you know, again, you start to uh, see some of the other coaches on social media and, and what they're talking about. And uh, you learn that, uh, you know, first and foremost, you're there to serve the player. Mm. right you're, you're the service coach and and, and uh you're, you're serving them you need to get to know them every year you know college base or uh summer college college collegiate baseball is is kind of difficult because once you finally get to know them at the end of the you know two months or whatever they're gone the season's over mm -hmm. so i try to always just throw out a survey and say you know what what do i need to know about you that'll help me coach you better you know what motivates you those types of things and uh, helps me get them to know a little bit better. Because as a coach, obviously, you have to know your personnel. You have mm. to know what they can do in certain situations. You have to try to put them in situations where, you know, they're going to succeed and help the team. And uh, those are the things that I did not do as a young coach. And uh, so those are the things that I definitely have tried to do over the last, you know, five, ten years. Um, but that's the key, I think, just building those relationships. And, and again, that's just part of education as well. Uh, if you're in the classroom or wherever it might be, or you're in the, 
uh, coach's office with them, whatever it might be, get to know them, make sure they know you care about them and uh, don't be the authoritarian coach. You know, again, you're there to serve them and help them in any way. And, and that goes past way past baseball. That goes way past their career, your college or your high school, wherever it might be. Um, I, it's, it's great now uh, after 30 some years to hear back from those kids, you know, and, and that uh, you helped me here, you helped me there, you know, and, and I'll say, hey, I really, I'm sorry for what I did <laughs> as a young coach as well. But uh, you know, and they'll say, oh, it's all right. You know, you helped me in certain situations. So it's great to hear from them and, and to know that. And then, you know, again, everybody says, hey, base it on what happens. You know, are, are, are they sharing their the birth of their first child with you? Are they inviting you to their wedding? Are they, and I've had those opportunities as well. So all those little things add up eventually. Awesome. And, you know, I know when I was young, and, and not, not so young, too, but uh, what really helped me, I want to get your advice on this, too. I think this can possibly help a lot of young coaches. I became a much better teacher coach because I was working with six-year-olds, eight-year-olds, 12-year-olds. Um, you know, as I got older, I, worked, I was working with, with older players, too. But, um, boy, it really was a great experience because I was able to break it down, right? And then uh, it was much easier teaching the younger guys or older guys. That's a great point. Absolutely. No question. When you're teaching the younger guys and I've worked with some, you know, 12 and under teams around here as well. And, you, you know, to break things down, because uh, then once you do, you know, you break it down, Hey, what causes this? What do you do next? What's the process? Then you can uh, also teach it that way. There's a, a system I use that I learned at Mickey Owen that I still use with 12 and unders, 10 and unders, even high school college kids of throwing, you know, when they talk about, uh, I don't even remember who it was. There's been so many great coaches there that I learned from, but I still use that. And it's just silly. It's just a silly one, you know, like pet the dog and wave by body grandma and, you know, squish here and that. So um, yes, I agree with you, Pete. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. T- t- real quick talk, Mickey on baseball school um, as a player coach, uh, maybe some experience you learned there. Like you just talked about the drill, but any other experiences you took from it? We don't have those camps anymore. You notice around the country, there's not many instructional schools. There's more yeah. travel programs, obviously, but you don't have the camps. And I know individual people, colleges still hold them, but man, we used to have camps everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No question. There was show me over in uh, Southeast Missouri as well. And that was kind of a competitor to Mickey Owen and they were all over the place. No question. But I think, um, anything just again learning from coaches what what uh what kind of drills do they do what kind of uh i remember taking something from somebody and they had a glove and it said w-o-r-k on it you know on all the fingers Mm. and they would just look at that uh just little things like that absolutely pete um learning from i couldn't even tell you i i recently uh reconnected with a coach on that mickey owen facebook page and uh one day he and i actually got over and got to meet mickey and went over to the nursing home he was staying in and and got to meet Mickey and talk to him a little bit yeah that was great I I was outstanding so um there are coaches that I've I've kept in touch with from there Uh, after I moved to the west coast um the second summer I was at Mickey Owen baseball school they they hired me on to do their winter uh winter camp in Arizona Ah. so I did that for a couple years and got to meet again you know coaches from the west coast over there and scouts um I guess it's just uh, going back to you take those little things from each coach and you, you steal them and you, and you decide what works for you and what works best for another player. And, and, you know, there's so many things that you and I and everybody else has almost forgotten really what, you know, from, from the knowledge we've had. And, and uh, 
it's great to be able to put it on the iPhone now, right? And just write the notes and yep. get the clicks. And like you talked about the files, you know, the files of articles or wherever it may be and uh, notes. Uh, so, and you know what, that's another thing. And I'll mention, uh, give credit to social media, um, you know, asking questions on social media. Sometimes you get some pretty good answers, right? Um, you know, and from a broad group of people, you never know, you might be able to use one of those. And, and I want to give a quick shout out to Ken Rizzo, owner of Mickey Home Baseball School, who obviously gave me my start when I was 15. And, uh, and my mentor who passed away, Dick Birmingham, shout out to both of them, uh, Dick, rest in peace. I, again, we talk about mentors. Those were two of many that I had, but two of the best. Um, yeah. Hey, hey, listen, the, the next thing you had to do is you, you became an envoy coach with MLB. Explain how that process happened and the things you took away as a coach going overseas that maybe you use some of those things or experiences back when you got back into coaching here. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, uh, I moved, as I mentioned, I moved out to the West coast, out to California to, uh, to coach at a junior college there, ended up uh, at a couple of them there. And uh, the first one I was at the, uh, I think there was a couple of kids on that team actually, or a couple of kids from Northern California in that area that actually were going to go to France with that uh, kind of that envoy program type thing. And, uh, gosh, uh, Pat, Pat Doyle. Doyle, Pat Doyle, sorry. Yeah. Pat Doyle, uh, was friends with our head coach. And, uh, he asked if, uh, again, you know, you're interviewing every day for a job. He asked our head coach if anybody was interested in, in the envoy program. And he mentioned my name and I said, yeah, absolutely. So met with Pat. And then, uh, I was going to say the other, the other one, uh, Pete, you've had him on here before, um, that was in charge of it at that time. Um, he was with the major league baseball and he was actually in charge of the major league baseball envoy. Uh, I got to talk to him on the phone as well and, uh, was chosen to go over to France. So, uh, spent two months in France and went to Germany during that time. Um, I think I went, uh, we went to, uh, England and Italy as well and did some, uh, just, you know, weekend type camps. Uh, but I spent some time on a mill, uh, at that time, France, you had two years of military service or a year of military service that you had to serve coming out of high school. So they actually had a military base that was dedicated to all people that were in sports. Right. So I got to stay on that military on the military base that was all sports and coach baseball there. And then the kids that went over were actually in the Olympic training center in Paris. And so we got to spend some time over there as well in that Olympic training center. And we played some games over there and practiced and, and helped them. That was the, actually the federation team. And so um, just an outstanding experience uh, being able to meet, you know, coaches over there and see how they did things. Because at the time, that was probably uh, – that was 2000. And at the time, France was just, again, trying to start it up. They were trying to get baseball going. We were trying to, obviously, as is, you know, called the Envoy Program, uh, you know, spread baseball throughout the world. And, um, so we got to do a lot of clinics. So when you talk about, again, breaking things down and teaching them the game itself, you know, they were, uh, I would, I would compare it to a beer league softball at the time over there. What was the toughest thing about doing the camps or the instruction? What was the diff most difficult thing when, when you were there? Well, I, really probably language barrier, but really a lot of them did know English or at least some English. So language barrier, I, I definitely did not pick up Fran uh, French. You know, I picked up Italian a little bit better, obviously, when I was over there, but um, did not pick up French very well. So probably a little bit more of the language barrier, but also just 
really just understand, not understand or understanding that they really did not know much about the game, you know, beyond, again, beyond that federation um, over in the Olympic training center, the outlying areas did not know a lot about the game. So there would be times where, again, I would do very, very basic drills, just how to fill the ground ball. Um, I did it. I remember I went to Germany and did uh, like a hitting clinic uh, in front of a bunch of coaches. Um, uh, Bertrand Roo, right. Friend of ours, right. Mutual friend of ours had me up mm-hmm. there doing those clinics and um, watching kids at, at, they had a tournament, watching kids at a tournament, evaluating them. Um, so really is to know what their knowledge was and then treat them really maybe as if they didn't know anything about the game and, and go back to the very, very basics. Um, and then the you travel know. for me mm-hmm. was a little difficult because, you know, getting on a train and, and going somewhere and not knowing who I was meeting or making sure I got up on the right stop, uh, those types of things. Uh, but what an experience. Yeah. Just outstanding. Hey, you know, you just mentioned, uh, teaching them like they don't know anything, like they're starting from scratch. How do you balance that in the U.S. as a coach um, starting off? Is, is that a good way to start? Yes. Just let kick, okay, explain that a yeah. little bit. No, I, how, yeah. How you'd handle I, it. Yeah, I think as a coach, that that is uh, important. Um, you go back to what John Wooden saying, you know, his very first, uh, very first lesson was how to put on your socks, you know, so you don't get blisters. Because if you yeah. get blisters, you're going to miss practice or you're not going to be a top you know, you're, you're, you're not going to be ready to go. So I think it is important um, to treat people or not really treat people that way, but just to act as if they don't know. Right. And if they're shaking their head a lot and they're rolling their eyes and okay, now you can move on to the next skill, whatever that yeah. level is, but treat them as if they didn't know and uh, make sure the communication is simple more than anything. And I think that's the key. I, you know, I, I watched uh, Reggie Smith on one of your shows and, I mean, what an outstanding example of breaking things down and making them simple Mm -hmm. and and being able to communicate with all levels. Yeah. Sometimes I have a little theory. I don't know if it's right or wrong or indifferent. I'm sure I'm, I'm probably at fault for this at times, but I have a theory. Sometimes we want to make things complicated. So we, you know, people think we know a lot, you know, um, I think you need to be a little bit more humble at times. I think that's something you learn. Hey, listen, um, I want to close it off with this. Uh, the game has, I've talked about it a lot on the show, but I think it's important. The game changes, it evolves, uh, and that's fine. You know, there's technology, there's a lot of great things happening. There's also sometimes with change comes some things that don't go as well. Um, you look at the game nowadays, you were a high school coach. Um, and I think this relates more, a little bit more to high school because the foundation of our sport, and I've mentioned it on the show many times, is the youth programs by far. Um, they're the largest organization. They're not organized as far as coaches, but they're great people. They're volunteers. They mean well. But when you look around the world, they're, they're the biggest group uh, by far. You could add every other group together and still doesn't matter. They're the biggest, which means they're also the most influential with young kids. Um, so important. And I know there's a lot of people, a lot of federations, a lot, you know, USA baseball, different people trying to educate coaches. ISG obviously goes around the world, holding conferences to try to educate coaches. I think we all understand how important coaching is. Um, but talk to in the U S especially talk about the youth program. Some of the things you've seen that you think maybe we need to be changing a little bit. Cause you know, when they get, you want them a little bit better prepared when they get to high school. So you don't have to go through certain things 
that should already been covered. Um, and even the responsibility of the players and coaches, not just the coaches, the responsibility of young kids, if they're going to go to high school, but talk about some of those areas you'd like to see changed a little bit at the youth level. So that way they can help become better players and get to high school. Yeah, I think so. And I don't want to beat a dead horse here because I don't think all travel teams or all travel organizations are bad. Uh, but, uh, I do think that there are a lot that, again, are not teaching the skills, uh, not even the, the basic, just small nuances of the game, you know, how to hit a cut or, or where the cutoff goes or that type of thing. Um, and, the, and they're just playing. They're playing a lot of games. And there's something to be said about that. That's not a bad thing. You know, you're, you're getting a lot of game experience. You're seeing a lot of good uh, competition. I think that uh, they probably play a few too many games over a weekend. You know, the, who has the pitching for all that? I don't know. I guess you just keep recruiting. But. Um, one thing that I, that is one thing I see obviously is that, you know, some of them are not uh, teaching those small fundamentals that they're just playing the games. And, and that's, that point's been made, you know, over and over a lot lately in the last several years. Um, I think at the grassroots, uh, you know, I've got, I work with a 12 and under team over here in, in uh, near Wichita. And, and I think, uh, just to give an example, they're doing it right. Okay. They're, they've got 12 kids, um, they've, they've had uh, a couple, you know, myself and, and come over and work with just everybody on pitching the whole team mm. um, because you, you, know, you never know. Right. And yep. uh, they, they play, you know, they try to play all the kids in a weekend uh, over a tournament time and get them to the development. They work on the fundamentals. So that's what I've seen that that's kind of going right. Um, and they're not particularly a true travel team. You know, they do play in some of these, uh, NBC, you know, state tournaments, those types of things. And and they, they try to stay pretty local. Um, you know, I worked with uh, a group in Kansas city several years again, again, I was a younger coach and um, it was the same type of deal. You know, I, unfortunately some of these things are just money makers. Um, you, you look at some of these, these things on Twitter, they show these coaches uh, doing some crazy things at the youth baseball level, you know, and, and again, it's not about you as a coach, right? Uh, it's about the kids and it's about you teaching them, you know, what those experiences are. And obviously with your organization going around and educating coaches and, and putting material out to educate coaches and help them. Um, that's the key. That's the key. Cause that's where it starts. Obviously it starts from that top on down and uh, the more they know about it. And, you know, even if, Gosh, even if they played the game a little bit as a kid or in high school or in college, um, we're always learning every single day. And I think that's the key, Pete, just educate the coaches and, and then uh, make sure they know it's not about them. And uh, hopefully that, uh, you know, like you said, volunteers are sometimes hard to find. Sometimes you're, you've got the dads out there. My dad coached me for years in the little league, right? And, um, that was kind of a tumultuous relationship, obviously, because uh, I was a pain in the rear. But uh, I think that's the key. Those are some of the things I'm seeing. And hopefully that uh, most of them are at least getting out practicing a couple of days a week and, and uh, showing them fundamentals, everything, you know, because at that age, you don't want them specialize in pitching or specialize in a certain you know, position. Great points. Agree with you, Michael. Awesome. Um, you know, and folks, you know, Michael mentioned coaches. You know, moms make great coaches um, at the young levels with the young kids and not to mention um, dads. Dad, you might want to let put your put your son or daughter on the other team or on another team. Either that or let them let another coach coach them. Uh, that's probably one of the better things. And and if you're going to and if you're going to coach your own kid, you better ask a lot of questions, because if you keep telling them something, 
hey, Michael, you know as good as I do, it's going to go in one ear and out the other if you're the parent. Yeah, yeah. And, and you mentioned asking questions. I mean, even, even as a coach, at whatever level it is, right, mm. I mean, you have to ask questions. You have to ask questions to, so that you know a little bit about that person. You have to ask questions so you can help them. You know how to help them. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Hey, listen, buddy. Uh, I know you're moving. I'm moving. We got all kinds of stuff to do. Uh, this was fantastic. Thanks for joining Thanks. us, man. Yeah, Pete, really, I appreciate it very much. I uh, enjoyed it very much. And uh, it's an honor to be here with you. Yeah. And when you have fun, um, I'm having fun. It, it went fast, man. It went quick. Um, but again, Mike Mandarino, he's been on the show before. Great guy. Um, he's always on social media. And I want to thank him because he's always supporting me. Always has great comments, positive all the time. Um, which I need at times because uh, once in a while I wonder what am I doing doing a podcast? Um, it's a lot of time, a lot of effort, you know. But I love helping coaches. And speaking about that, folks, um, do us a favor. You're 100 countries. We really appreciate it. Just keep sharing the show with people. That's all I ask. You can share the show with coaches at all levels, players, parents, and all that. We really thank you. So, Michael, thank you, buddy. Thank you, Pete. It's easy to support you because you have great guests and uh, do a great job of, uh, of um, just spreading the word and, and of baseball around the world. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, Mike thanks, Mandarino. Pete. Special thanks to Mike. Special thanks to Brian Crock, our producer with the Lineup Media Group. And of course, special thanks to everybody in the U.S. and around the world. Um, listen, stay safe, be healthy, and God bless y'all. We'll see you on the next show. Adios, everybody.